everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bag Lady Show. And we just like to encourage everyone to give, to live a life of service. We sell handbags in order to help women around the world. And we just like to encourage people to find purpose in life by also giving back. I want to introduce always my beautiful co-host and daughter, Shauna. Hello, hello. And how are you this well, evening? I'm great. And um, it today happens to be National Awkward Moments Day. Oh, like we've never had any of those. I've had so <laughs> many. I can't, I, some I wouldn't even want to talk about on air. They're so embarrassing. Um, we, we did find some of the most, the top most awkward moments. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is forgetting a punchline of a joke you told. I do that. I have done that. That is so embarrassing. Well, it's just, yeah, it's it's annoying. Um, this one, thinking someone is waving at you, but they're really waving at somebody else. That happens pretty much monthly. No. Oh. Um, sending a text message to the wrong person. That can be very awkward. I have done that a many a time. Yeah. Um, going the whole day not knowing there's food stuck in your teeth. And, and why wouldn't somebody tell you that? Well, they're 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 it's just as embarrassing for them to tell you as it is for you to have it in your tooth, I guess. I don't know. Some I'm guilty. Sometimes I'll just let them go and you know. True. It happens. Um, another one is going in for a hug when the other person is going in for a handshake, especially around COVID stuff. I've been doing that a lot. Hey, and I'll get a yeah. elbow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I forgot. Sorry. Okay. Right. What do we do? So we end up doing like the chicken dance together. You know, it's just, what is one of your most awkward things? Oh, well, I think one of the the big one that I can think of off the top of my head was I was speaking at a women's conference and I was supposed to introduce actually the keynote speaker and I forgot her name. <laughs> oh what my did you do? Goodness. <laughs> I am so sorry, but I just <laughs> forgot your name. I mean it was I mean, I was mortified. I'm mortified just thinking about it. How about you? You got one you're willing to share? Um, you know, I've had so many awkward moments. I think always the most awkward ones are when you pass gas <laughs> and you don't mean to. And that's true. You know, I mean, I think everybody it's happened to like in PE when you have to do the crunches and then you're in the gym and all of a sudden it's just boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, then you just pretend like nothing. And then there's more toots that come along with, I don't know. That seems... I'm not the only one who has that story. So oh, okay. It's a universal one. I, well, moving right along. <laughs> I got into the potty talk. Okay, okay. <laughs> moving right along. Uh, we have a great interview uh, again uh, tonight with the CEO of Rocketbox, oh, uh, yeah. SEO. And uh, he's actually also the executive producer of The Bag Lady Show. And he just has done an amazing, like, metamorphosis into going from, you know, kind of a guy in the fast lane and everything, moving to really wanting to use his, you know, amazing gifts um, in marketing to help organizations like ours that, that are helping other people. And uh, you're, you're going to really enjoy this interview with Vince Trujillo. And uh, so turn off that news. It's really never good news. 
and uh, enjoy listening to our good friend and executive producer, Vince Trujillo. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is an episode of The Bag Ladies, and my name is Vince Trujillo. I'm the guest for today, and I'm neither a bag nor a lady, but I'm the <laughs> featured guest, and I'm happy to be here with Rana and Shauna Jordan. Rana and Shauna Jordan, take it away. Hey, we're happy to have you, Vince. Yeah, thanks for being here, by the, by the way, just so our audience knows, uh, you are the producer of The Bag Ladies. And I'm the our, producer. And our head marketing honcho. And the honcho too. And honcho. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're we're happy to have you on. And uh, but today we're gonna take off that professional hat for the most of it, at least. And why are you making so much noise? I mean, seriously, Sorry. dude, get it together. <laughs> that was my big mic, and then it just kind of <laughs> fell over here. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, for the most part, we want to take off the professional. Vince Trujillo hat, and we want to peel back some layers and really just find out who you are. And Great. things about you, maybe we didn't know or other people. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, a little bit of background on myself is that, uh, well, this is interesting. Is that uh, part of the questionnaire? Yeah. <laughs> tell your audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Vince Trujillo. About you. It's well, all my name, you. My name's Vince, and uh, currently I work. I own a digital marketing agency, and I've been doing this for about seven years now. Before that, I worked in finance, anything from mortgage banking all the way to investment banking. Um, I grew up here in New Mexico. I've been uh, here pretty much my whole life. I've done some traveling around the world, which I enjoy doing. I enjoy outdoor activities. I enjoy four-wheeling. I enjoy anything... Adventure. You enjoy climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro because you all gave me the opportunity to come visit with you out That's in Africa. Hard. That's a hard. A couple of years ago, it was great. I mean, it was it was it was not as bad as some people think, but yet it's not a normal thing for some no. other, other people. No, it's very abnormal. <laughs> So that, that's a little bit about me. I mean, I enjoy a lot of different things. I don't have kids. I'm not married, but I enjoy time with my beautiful girlfriend. And uh, we do a lot of cool stuff. And uh, Gorgeous. And now we're working on, uh, I'm working with you all, and I'm working with impact-driven organizations and kind of uh, figuring out how to spend the next, you know, 15, 20 years of my life doing things that I enjoy doing and having an impact and helping others Good. and uh, having that's fun awesome. along the way. Uh, okay, so you come from a Hispanic background. Did did that kind of filter anything, or uh, what? You know, what is your what are your greatest memories uh, growing up? I got to grow up on a small farm in southern New Mexico, so my childhood was on outside of Deming, New Mexico, and I actually recently went out and visited that farm with Michelle. And uh, it's oh. nothing now. It's just scrub brush. I mean, like the house is gone. Everything was gone. We used to have, uh, you know, garages and everything. those are all gone. Um, and uh, it was really interesting. But I grew up in, in that environment. We had about 40 acres and it was a struggling farm. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, we, we tried to grow, you know, corn, alfalfa, you know, whatever it could and take to mm -hmm. take the market. But as a child, I didn't have the feelings of scarcity. I felt you know, like the whole farm was a huge wide open world. We were within 
eye view of the the uh, highway there, and I just always remember looking at the highway and having. I think that's where my sense of wanting to travel and do things came from because I'd see trucks and and vehicles passing by, and always wondered where in the heck are they going? Like, what's going on in their life? What do they got going on? Like, where where are all these people going to and coming from? And I uh, I started out like that. I had a great childhood. Um, and, um, I grew up in, in in Deming, and then we moved in into town and. A simpler life. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. And so then growing up on the the farm, who would you say had the greatest impact Mm -hmm. on your life? Growing up on the farm, that would have been probably my grandmother at the time. She passed from cancer while we still lived on the farm. And I was actually, I think, the first person to find her. Uh, She had gone to the hospital. She was Mm -hmm. she was sick. And uh, because my my parents worked and my grandfather was working the farm, mm. uh, I spent the day with her. And uh, you know, she'd make me food. She was her name was Juanita. Uh, she was a uh, a beautiful uh, Hispanic woman. Uh, spoke to me in Spanish mostly and some English, and uh, make me tortillas in the middle of the day. I'd watch mm-hmm. Sesame Street. But she was a big, a big, a big, a big force. My grandparents were when I was growing up. That's neat. And, uh, That's and I learned some of the values of, you know, yeah. respect and discipline and, and that kind of stuff from them, which was great growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 I, I truly, having two boys of my own, believe it does take a tribe. If you, need, you need a tribe. So that's beautiful. You were able to have that time with your grandparents oh, yeah. like that. So and you know, it, it's, people do that now. And it's something that I think that, you know, sometimes when, you know, and everyone thinks that every generation, well, the next generation, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, it was something that we had respect for our elders. I remember that Spanish speaking elders, you will show them respect by speaking to them in Spanish. Um, or you would defer to older people and you would show respect. We didn't just go run around the house like crazy people. Like there was adults area and there was kids area, you know, and, and, Hmm. And uh, it's something that, you know, as, as not being a parent now makes puts me at a disadvantage when I'm in like big family settings now, because hmm. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go, aren't the kids supposed to be in the next room? <laughs> you know, or isn't there a kid's on, table? Get, giddy up right, and kids just run around and jump on you, you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it was just the weird way I grew up. But I mean, I didn't feel a lack. I didn't feel overly disciplined. I mean, I had I, they let me just run around the farm when I was a kid. Which I don't even know what the heck. You know, parents don't even let you run around the backyard now. I got to run in and out of like, you know, uh, machinery and equipment and on, I mean, I don't, I almost died a few times as a kid on on the farm, but I'm sure. I I think it's a great way to grow up. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. No no video games, I guess. Oh man, we were lucky to get a couple hours of TV. Like it was, I used to get, I, I get to watch Sesame Street. A little bit of Electric Company. That's about it. Maybe BJ and the Bear. I don't know if anyone remembers that. That's, I'm old, man. I'm older than you, Shauna. You know, one time, one time you told me. Uh, I don't know. We were talking one day, but you said um, that you, you gave your mom fits. Is that as a teenager? That was as a teenager. And, and um, what was that all about? Well, when I was nine, my father passed. Uh, and actually, he died in um, one of the still unsolved murders of New Mexico. Oh, um, oh sorry. He hit me. He, he, it's a long story. I mean, we can briefly. He used to commute back and forth from Deming to Las Cruces. He worked at a place that got uh, 
I think it was, a, it, was a, it was a branch of like unemployment or something, but he used to help people get jobs and stuff. He was also studied uh, to be a clergyman when he was younger before oh. he went to Vietnam. And anyways, he was a real giving person. He used to pick up hitchhikers. Even when we were in the car, I have memories oh of picking up hitchhikers when we were kids. Oh. Apparently he picked up the wrong people one time. So they found him robbed um, oh, no. and uh, bound, gagged, and he had uh, suffocated. Oh by being bound and gagged. Oh, it wasn't like they no. tried to kill him, I don't think, but it ended up being that way. Took his car, they found it, you know, um, a month later at the Grand Canyon uh, parking lot. It was somewhere in the parking lot, one of the visitor centers over there. But after that, I was I became like an angry little kid. I was an angry little boy mm -hmm. for a long time. And in my teenage years, I just was uh, an idiot. You know, I ran around and, and did all the things mm -hmm. that I shouldn't be doing. And, and mm -hmm. my poor mother, you know, Mm -hmm. And she she put up with it all, and she put <laughs> up with me. I was a ridiculous kid, like pretty pretty bad, pretty bad. So so what what turned it around? Just getting out of adolescence, or um, well, at some point I had to do something with my life, so it became you know they sent me to, they wanted me to go to military school, and I went to military school out of out of high school. I went to uh, Nimi here in New Mexico, and I spent about a week there, week and a half. <laughs> um, it wasn't for me, but I went through hell week. I promised to go through their, their, you know, Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not like a normal hell week in the military, but it was their, their version. And I went through it and then I was like, okay, if I go through it and they said, well, you can decide then. And I decided I'm not staying in there and pissed everyone off. I ended up coming to school at UNM and I spent, you know, 10 years graduating. Ten years. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. I was out of school for a while. Yeah. I graduated when I was like 32, so it, I get, you know. Yeah, lifetime student, yeah. lifetime student. <laughs> oh my goodness. If I had it to do over again, definitely, I would have not even gone to school. And now it's interesting. When, when people's, when their children around, because I'm, you know, 48, so I have friends who have kids who are getting to that age and Shauna. Yeah. Oh, you don't like 48. Thank you. <laughs> Shauna, if, if your kids ever ask me about college, which I don't think, I mean, you, you're kind of, you don't, you don't have that views, but when I was young, I was like, go to college. That's how you're going to make something of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. But if, if kids ask me now, I'm like, if you don't want to go to school, dude, don't go to school, man. Cause I went to school. I dropped out, screwed up my grades, had a crap attitude, you know, did all the wrong things in college. And it's like, I, if I had to do it, just, I would have, you know, go to Europe, man. Here's like a one-way ticket. <laughs> go, go get yes. a job somewhere, yes. that, you know, that that's cool. You know, like get out, go to California, go to Florida, go to Mexico, go to a ski resort, do something fun and get a feel of life rather than just go to school. So and, that's and what I, I love, And I love hearing mm -hmm. that because I do share more of that kind of a view. I mean, I came out of with a college degree thinking that's what you had to do that's how you made it in life and mm -hmm. the main thing it's gotten me is just a big ton of debt you know <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot yeah. don't, don't get me wrong however a lot of it you, you that doesn't have to be everybody's path mm -hmm. I, I agree with I you agree. Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with that yeah I mean and and then seeing seeing how you all operate too now I mean it's like there's so many things you could do like I should have gotten a Peace Corps. I could have yeah. done something, you know, like, like literally ask, ask, ask a kid, like, like what interests you, man? Surfing? Cool. Go live in California and work a surf shop. Here's a, where's a, here's a ticket. Go, go and work all summer, get a ticket to Hawaii and go live out there and yeah. work. work. And, and I had a friend, his name was Marcos. We used to call him Moco. Uh, 
And we, we were, he was like this little nerdy guy, right, in high school. And he was like a, a headbanger. So he had like the long hair, but he was like a geeky headbanger. And uh, we also used to make fun of him. We all went our separate ways. And then we reconvened five years later. I had dropped out of college. I had debt. I had bad grades. I had friends who had done random things. Marco said, well, you know, man, all I, all I, someone told me about how cool it was. I forget which island it was, but in the, in the Caribbean. And I had uh, an uncle who worked on a boat there. So he just said, come out and see if I can get you a job. And he was like, I didn't know anything about it. I never traveled outside the state. Well, the guy ended up working as a deckhand for the last three or four years on all of these different like yachts mm -hmm. and boats mm -hmm. all around the Caribbean going around. And the stories he had, and then now he was a professional deckhand guy with like five years experience. And he could work different kinds of higher end boats. And I was yeah. like, how freaking cool is yeah. that? Right. Like, so anyways, yeah, about doing and, something and outside the box and different. Well, right. And nowadays they have things like couchsurfing.com and woofing worldwide organic mm. farming where you can go room and board free, learn things. Wow. And, you know, so, and it's right. worldwide. I agree. I agree. I think that's great advice for, for younger people who don't want to follow that traditional college you, path. You know, uh, we, we work in Kenya. And in Kenya, man, they worship education. I mean, it's like it used to be here, man. You gotta get an education. You gotta get a degree. These these kids have multiple master's degrees. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They get out in Kenya. There are no jobs. Can't even get a job. Uh, you know what they end up doing? Hustling. So they start a little business here and and figure out how to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So why go through why go through all that school? Right. And uh, so I think that's really interesting. Now, um, with that being said, schooling is okay. You want to be a pilot. You want to do things like that. There are there's a place for everything. Right. Just nobody needs to be left out just because they aren't getting a college degree. So I think that's some great, great advice. Right. Well, if we're talking about like the theme of this show, which could be like living a life of impact without traditional models or right. how to how to find your own path. Right. Yeah. Towards like what you guys do, man, right now. You know, I've been doing that for almost 20 years. You got to think you outside the box. You didn't need a degree okay. for that. No. You didn't get a certification for that. There's no degree like, for what we've done. Right. And that's Living freaking amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. And to think that you could, you know, someone could go and do something like you're doing that has affected thousands of people's lives. And there wasn't a traditional path to get there. You know, I love, yeah, I love your really, all story on yeah, getting there. Yeah, there's really, there's really not. And, you know, I think that is so important mm -hmm. that people think outside the box. And the biggest thing, you know, with your kids or anyone is, what do you love to do? You know, mm -hmm. don't get stuck in a nine to five job and with a mortgage and, and, mm -hmm. and you hate it. And what, what do you love to do? And then, you know, you're going to wear yourself out doing it. And uh, then if you can parlay that into also helping people i mean mm -hmm. i mean that's an incredible thing um now for a while you were kind of on a fast track of of uh you know living that so-called american dream and traveling and lots of money rolling in and blah 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 and and then you kind of had a metamorphosis tell us about that well, I remember being young and because we grew up with not a lot of money, you know, after my father died and the way we did certain things, I remember I was always just thinking, well, 
I'm going to go to school someday. I'm going to do something that makes money. I worked finance for 12 years. So after I graduated, I was fortunate enough to have set my eyes on I'm going to work in the finance industry. And I did that for, you know, uh, a good while, both in mortgage investment banking and made decent money, but wasn't happy. So I was always, I was always searching for something that was going to make me happier. And, uh, during that time, I got to do some cool stuff, but it wasn't until I became an entrepreneur and decided I'm leaving banking, traditional business, and I'm going to start my own business. And I decided I wanted to do work online marketing. And I, I started doing that. When we started hmm. turning that into a business that was that was profitable and multiple six-figure uh, agency, um, it was great. And, you know, and I had a, a, a team, a small team, and uh, a salesperson who you all know, and a project manager and a few other people working. And it was great. And then I, I was like, I finally got to get that freedom I'd been looking for for a few years. And I started traveling. And my girlfriend and I, my, cur my current girlfriend and I, we ended up doing like over a two-year period, like 12 countries. We got to go to Africa with you all. We got to go and climb Kilimanjaro, went to Peru. Mm. I went to all over Europe. And I, and I got to do some really cool things. It was during that time that I started, and I'm in my 40s now doing this, and it's like, okay, this is awesome. I'm, I'm getting that freedom that I felt like I didn't have, I did, that I didn't have before. I got to do some things, but I noticed that one thing was kind of starting to itch me more and more, scratch me, and it was kind of like, all right, this is all this great thing, but what what else is there? What, like, what, what else is there besides to this? Now, I could still be doing this. I mean, I love traveling. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going and enjoying those. But it wasn't fulfilling in the way that I had hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. And I kept, I started wondering, like, what else could I be doing? And I start, maybe I was feeling, and I wasn't feeling guilt. It was just more of like, how to have more impact. And that's around the time that I actually uh, was talking to Shauna. And, yeah, and uh, Shauna, Shauna met you because uh, she was needing help with a website for an event that we do called Get Mom Down, where we live on a roof, and that's a whole other topic. But anyway, no, right? So you did a fundraising. You're doing fundraising for the your your uh, nonprofit, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Sean, my salesperson at the time, knew had somehow knew Shauna or got introduced or something, and then came down and we're like, hey, we're doing this special where we help nonprofits with you know these affordable websites and i think we did a couple of websites for you or whatever it was for a discount and threw them up and i didn't really think much of it other than we liked the fact that and you know there's actually other reasons why we, we did for nonprofits. there was search engine optimization reasons but we ended up working for like i don't know five six seven little nonprofits. Mm -hmm. but what was interesting is at the time that we were i was looking to figure out like well what else can we be doing like shauna watching her do get mom down. We started asking some more questions and somewhere within there later on, it turned into us having some conversations and we were talking about travel and maybe volunteerism or ecotourism. I don't remember what. And I forget why, but then you guys were like, Hey, we're going to be going to Africa. Why don't you just come with us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you can see for yourself. And you know, if you want to do more things or figure out how to expand my agency or whatever I was talking about the, at that time, or maybe try out like we're doing volunteerism. You're just like, just come to Africa first, because once you go, you'll get a different perspective on things. And it might even change the way you view life completely. Um, just come out and check it out. And I remember thinking, yeah, 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 you know, I'll go and it'll be whatever. And, mm -hmm. and it's not going to, you know, how do we get this business thing working, the volunteerism thing? Mm -hmm. um, and then I went and, and, and sure enough, it, um, completely changed and I had traveled I could even as a kid I traveled a lot through Mexico with my my, my mother 
And I had seen, you know, in, you know, very sure, poor and poverty in other places I've traveled to, like South America too. And, but I was not ready for being, feeling like I was in such a strange land, like Africa, the first time I'd ever gone. And then seeing the level of, of uh, quality of, of living in some of the places was, a, the was, was something we, I wasn't ready yeah. for. The first place we took you, Vince, was the Kibera slums. Yeah. One of the worst slums in Africa. Sorry to interrupt. And I just, I'd really like to hear what that was like for you, because that is. Yeah. Just so our listeners know, uh, it is the largest slum in Africa, uh, the whole continent. In a 1.5 square miles, 1 million people live. There's no sewers, there's no water, there's no infrastructure, there's no electricity, there's no jobs. Man, we threw you to the lions. You get off of the airplane, you know, from, from the U.S., and we take you there. I mean, was that culture shock or what? Um, absolutely. <laughs> It was it was culture shock, and I think a way that everyone should experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you come from the U.S., and first of all, I did grow up, you know, in more modest environment growing up. I was exposed to uh, migrant workers on the farm often, and seeing what they were trying to do. So I had a different perspective about things already a little bit, mm -hmm. and still, it was a humongous shock. And st I, I saw people living in shacks in Mexico, you know, but. The Kibera slums was, uh, first of all, being in a place that you're not familiar with. It doesn't matter if you're uh, white, Hispanic, mm -hmm. American, African-American. Mm -hmm. You go to the Kibera slums, or you go to Africa, first of all, and you stick out like a sore thumb, mm -hmm. period. Like you don't fit in. You're, 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 you're a Mzungu. You're not from there. You're somewhere else. It don't matter if you're Hispanic or I think I'm Latino. It don't matter. You're, you stick out like a sore thumb. You're a white guy who's from an, uh, a first world country. And then we went to uh, the slums and seeing seeing these people. And it was just a, so such a mix of emotions. It's it's culture shock. It's shock of living conditions. It's weirdly contrasted with the fact that you know you go in there and it immediately questions your reasons for being there as like somebody who's like a a tourist touristing other people's misery mm -hmm. and then you know we're taking like photographs and and videos and then you feel kind of guilty about it but shit you also want to record this experience and uh we went with you guys and you were taking um uh, supplies to uh one of the churches there and so that they could uh give if i'm not mistaken uh over there and uh, we were also with the film crew that was kind of filming uh some documentary footage that they wanted to go but seeing this contrast and then you're like, holy crap, that's like a little river of like sludge going through the middle mm -hmm. of it and trash and how they live there in little shanties. And then the kids are just like so happy and, and, mm -hmm. and, and beautiful and full of joy and life. And the, the people are friendly. And just seeing the interaction of all of that stuff going on was just like overwhelming, seeing the little kids. And there was like, people in different modes of in different little mini churches, I guess, and little get togethers doing services. I, was it a Sunday we went? Yeah, we went to a service in the, in the slum, okay. I believe. Yeah. And, right. and you know, we, we, we always have people that go with us to say the same thing as far as, but they're so happy. 
relationships. Yes. One thing that Africa has taught me is relationships. I, I come back from Africa with my two boys as a single mom and I would be so depressed because that tribe mentality and there is that happiness and that level of relationship where everybody's helping everybody. And I would come back here and I'd be like, well, wait a minute. I don't even know my neighbor's name. This is mm -hmm. crazy. It was, it's, it's a hard the disconnect that mm -hmm. we have so much wealth money in America. Our relationships are poor in a lot of ways, very poor. Yeah. And, and again, that's something I think you guys mentioned to me when I was down right. there to, to notice. I think that was great that you said that because like I'm here and we, we live in this nice neighborhood in, in, in our in our area and here in Albuquerque. And, uh, you know, I get to wave at people sometimes and we don't know anything going on. Like, <clears throat> you know, I don't know what it's like. Sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, are they going to ask me to help with something? <laughs> Do you I know, have to like, talk to you? <laughs> like. <laughs> No, I mean, it's just not the same. Yeah. No. And, and I noticed that in Mexico and other places too, to before where it's like, shoot, man, I remember uh, living in, in, I lived in Southern Texas for a while outside this little small town and they were really known because they would uh, uh, train in other people's poop and it was, <laughs> it was gelatinized. Poop? I swear. I swear. Yeah. They're, they're, they're sewage. Are we talking about poop? Yep, sewage. All right. Why wouldn't we? And they gelatinized it. It was weird. And then they'd spread it on all these fields out in the middle of nowhere. And that was the main job in this little podunk oh town. And and but it was interesting is that the life there, the people enjoyed had a had a good life. Yeah. And they were really friendly and they'd have like big cookouts together and the whole town would come out. And it, yes. it was like, wow, this is pretty good, but they're not like quote unquote successful. Same thing in going to Africa. We're out in rural Africa and people not saying by any means that they have it easy. They, some of them live very, very hard, hard lives with very a lot of tragedy. But it does seem like there's money is not necessarily an indicator of the happiness or contentment that they're feeling or the feeling of community that they right. may have. Mm -hmm. And we learn, and, and the other thing that our teams always say is we learn so much from them. We came here to help them, and they really helped us. They really taught us community. They taught us uh, uh about simplicity and uh and they taught us that really it's true things do not buy happiness they don't they we we keep thinking they will uh but but they but they never will and it's relationships that bring true fulfillment and and that's one of the things that man we get our teams get so much out of is just enjoying their community and they do suffer i mean you know they they don't have medical care um, they, they don't, they're, they're hauling water. I mean, they, they really, we struggle, but they suffer. Mm -hmm. They suffer. Right. And, but that they, they, they rely on each other. They can't survive without community. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's somewhat out of necessity, but it's also their culture, uh, promotes it. And it's, you know, something that we're so isolated from. We come in, you know, we pull down up the garage door, pull it down, don't know our neighbors. And uh, man, they don't understand that at all. You don't know who your neighbors are? <laughs> uh, that, that's that like, just blows their mind. No, can't I can't even I, comprehend yeah, that. I, I, I don't tell you. Well, since going to Africa and traveling around the world and um, doing all of these amazing entrepreneurial things that you have done, um, 
What did you take away from that and incorporate into your business life, your experience in Africa? Well, I decided to change a lot about my business model. Actually, thanks to you guys, I uh, almost completely closed my agency. Wow. Uh, in part, you know, you guys were part of the linchpin of that. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. And it, it took, and for about a year, year and a half, I've been wandering the, the wilderness trying to figure out the heck I'm going to do next. <laughs> um, I just knew that I wasn't happy with what I was doing then. And it was actually at the height of my um, agency's uh, revenues um, and what we were doing within six months of, I guess, getting back. Yeah, even my sales, sales manager and I parted ways. Uh, he went on to do really good things right now that he's doing for another organization. But we kind of parted ways and I was just like, what am I going to do? What does this all mean? Do I, I don't want to have an agency. It doesn't do anything for me. And what, do I want to work with nonprofits? Do I want to mm -hmm. start my own thing? Do I want to just you know, join the Peace Corps and go away and do stuff. I mean, like, yeah. and, you know, probably just me being a little bit lazy, complacent, and not really, like, completely committing to, to how I was going to go forward. It took me a good year to figure things out. So now we're working together, and I'm kind of applying, like, well, how do I, first of all, I have a useful skill set in the fact that I have an agency. So I should not kill that, because if I want to do something like help organizations like you do something else, and 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 have more volunteers going, bring more revenues into your nonprofit. I'm gonna, I need people to do the things that don't do the things. Right. So I decided not to kill my agency, and I should have decided that a lot earlier last year. <laughs> uh, and then COVID came. You know, I mean, this no. was this was 2019. I'm sorry. And then 2020 came, and that was its own. You know, crap fest uh, for most people. You know, small businesses stuff. So that that actually you know, accelerated what I had been doing about a change. And so now my agency is focused on working with fewer uh, clients, um, trying to figure out how to make enough money so that I can keep my agency going at the same time, helping impact uh, organizations and entrepreneurs that are living a life of, of impact and, and helping others. And so one of the things that I've identified is that my agency wants to help people who are helping others, mm. uh, whether that's uh, one of my, uh, projects is uh, a, a firefighter kingdom that helps, mm -hmm. you know, that's getting information to firefighters, the first responders. So I was like, okay, I can support that. You all and what you're doing with the bag ladies and uh, your nonprofit and, and, and how you're looking at going more global, even outside of Africa with water, with uh, housing, education, women's empowerment. Um, that's really exciting to me. And then thinking about how we can help other organizations utilize marketing techniques and start creating a network of you know people making impact whether they're entrepreneurs or organizations and and creating an ecosystem perhaps of uh people so that they can actually start sharing you know traffic and content and sharing and creating a more of a network of people doing that and that's kind of what i'm doing now it's awesome. um, a little bit more and, and you know i'm still figuring it out as i go along and i'm, I'm making mistakes and we're not you know, we're figuring it out together too, but uh, it feels way more aligned with where I want to be. Mm. It'll still allow me to have travel and adventure. Oh yeah. You want to have some adventure, go to some place in Africa. And we, you know, we, we went to then Tanzania afterwards and we got to do the, the mountain trek to Kilimanjaro. But when you're the only Mzungus and only white people on a, on a, on a shuttle, you know, it's like, wow, we stick way out. That's how, you know, so pushing yourself to have a little bit of less comfort, have a little discomfort and it helps with growth. And I cannot recommend enough going with you guys. I mean, when things open up again, 
um, if people are listening and stuff, figure you know, figure out how you can. Uh, well, a, I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about that today with the Bag Lady Show. Uh, we are uh, going to go this summer, and we're going to invite people to go with the Bag Ladies. Yeah. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so, uh, Vince, I love your story. I love your heart. Um, we we can't thank you enough for for what you've brought to to the table for us. And uh, you're spot on as far as what our heart is, and that's to help people to find purpose in life, to, to you know, to dial in to their gifts and mm-hmm. to use it uh, to, to help people. So uh, thank you for your time and thank you for what you're bringing uh, to our organization and to other organizations. And uh, we look forward to uh, a long relationship and uh, growing and uh uh, figuring all of this out together and we, we really really appreciate your time today and sharing sharing your life uh, yeah yeah thank you guys so much and i don't think i actually had mentioned it as much before but thank you all for providing me that 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 experience that really shook me enough that i wanted to make some changes i mean i don't know if i've given you guys enough credit for that but thank, <laughs> thank, thank you guys yeah. for, for well, they, me get a and listen, bit on so many people go with us and they come back and there's no change. I mean, you did something about it. You did something about it. You didn't get back into that rut, into that routine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, man, uh, you, you're, you're just a great, great guest for us uh, to interview, but also uh, a great person uh, to, to know and uh, we're very, very uh, thankful. And for our listeners, um, somebody who may have connected with you and would like to know more mm-hmm. about what, uh, w- tell us your organization or your company. You know, I have, I'm launching a new uh, website for myself. It's called vincetrujillo.com. That's V-I-N-C-E-T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O.com. And you can go on there and learn about some of the projects I have. I do consulting work for some uh, certain types of businesses and then I also have uh, some uh, a coffee bag uh, uh, endeavor I'm launching soon. Um, if you guys want to learn a little bit about that, you can check out the bag ladies. They have coffee. They have some handbags. They have other other, other craft bags. But uh, I have a great connection with a, a good uh, um, uh, a venture uh, partner of mine who has a, a coffee company. And uh, there will be a lot more of that coming out. But check out the bag ladies coffee brand as well. And uh You'll, you'll be able to, to get a firsthand experience of that. Vincetrahue.com. Thank Perfect. you. And we hope we make you proud as the producer of the Bag Lady Show. <laughs> you already and, are. <laughs> and um, it's been a, a great time to, uh, I learned a lot about Oh my you. gosh, stuff I had and no idea. So it was, it was great. And I know our listeners uh, really, really appreciated. So um, we will be talking to you. Thank you. Okay. And also look out for the interview I'll be doing with you guys on my show too. Yes, yeah, right. that'll be coming to check out vinstrahill.com for more. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you, see you ben. next time. Adios. All right. Thank you. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our buddy Vince. We sure do enjoy him, yes. and working with him has been so much fun. And um, him coming to Africa with us, I can say from meeting him and knowing him mm-hmm. through the years, there's a song um, from Nako and Medicine for the People. And what the lyrics say is, I know that I am part of the problem, so I'm learning to soften my soul. And I really see Vince's soul softening and loving. And not that he wasn't that way before. I just see this 
newfound joy and compassion yes. and sincerity to purpose. him. Purpose. Purpose. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Awesome. And we have a lot of causes uh, that the Bag Lady Show is involved in, water and uh, housing, education. Uh, and in order to fund these projects, we really need your help. And one of the ways you can do that is you also benefit because you can buy a bag, but then you have a bag, but it also goes for a good cause. So it does. Let's it look does. at a couple of our bags. Um, I'll grab this one. Okay. You want to grab another one? Yeah, let me grab one. So... This is a, a red handbag, and actually, I was reading the other day that um, the third most popular co color of purses and handbags is red, and uh, it really just sticks out, and it's, it's fun. This one has a lot of room for a lot of, a lot of things and a lot of compartments. So for those of you who are like me, and you carry everything in your handbag, <laughs> including the kitchen sink, this bag is for you, and... It's magic. Oh, there's a surprise inside. There's another bag inside. Oh, how cute. So you just take it out and uh, you can cute keep all that? your really essential things in here. And it doesn't, uh-oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. And it turns into its own. Look, a little like coin <laughs> purse, a little wristlet. This just keeps giving and giving. I'm telling you. Okay, you got one you want Adorable. to Adorable. Yeah, yeah. I have this... Um, this pretty blue and brown, I like these kinds of colors so much, has the front pocket you can throw in your keys and your cell phone for easy access. Inside, we've got a lot of room, we've got zippers, we've got another zipper compartment, a couple of... Put the phone in there. I mean, mm -hmm. just very cute, very nice bags. So go to thebagladyshow.com and you can buy one of the bags and know that you're supporting so many different great causes for women here and around the world. Yeah, exactly. And you can also help us by the social media. Please um, follow us, subscribe, like us, Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform you're on and enjoy the most. We just really appreciate the support. And by the way, a lot of you are buying bags already. And we're really, really thankful for that yeah and uh, so keep that up and uh, we really appreciate your support well we're going to have our very first drawing and we're excited about that and to help us are my granddaughters this is riley and this is Addie, and they're going to help us with our drawing Yay! and uh, so we're going to start with who is our first winner Okay, let's see it. Pop away. I'm waiting for the little... Da, 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, Riley. Oh, boy. Can you take that pen? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Let's see if we can find... Here, oh. I got it. Okay, good, good job. job. <laughs> let's see here. Whoa. Okay, this is what... Are you okay? Okay, this is what they won. We need to know. Oh, oh okay, Addy, let's see who won. Let's see who won. Let's see who won. Close your eyes. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's see. see. Let's see here. Let's see. Okay, here it who is. Won? Who yeah. won? Yeah. Do, 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 do. The winner is Cynthia Cooper from Cortez, Colorado. And Cynthia has won a bag lady's 
coffee bag, mug, and t-shirt. Oh, boy, Cynthia. Woo-woo. How exciting. Thank you, girls, for helping us. Yes, and, thank you, And just girls. be sure that you go on to thebagladyshow.com. Be sure you register. It's free. It won't cost anything. we got some, some great prizes coming up every week. And uh, we want everyone to get in on the fun. Yes, and, yes. And uh, we're going to close with our famous quote. Uh, the famous quote of the day is by Jane Bunyan. And it says, you have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. So let's all go out this week and do something for someone that we know will never get paid for. And uh, it's just a great thing to be a part of serving others and helping others and making their day. So we're going to close by saying, buy a bag, help a cause, change, change a life. life. Can you say bye? Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye.